Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, let me just read the next part. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, meaning he was just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. What we see here is a couple things that I want to point out before we pray. Number one, Elijah was a normal guy. He was a prophet, we know that, but he's just a man that God worked through. And he prayed for something impossible. He prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and it rained. And the point being, for some reason, and I don't understand why, anybody who says they understand how prayer works and how healing works, um, I always tell you this. If somebody says they got it all figured out, run. Because no one has this stuff figured out. But what I do know is somehow God has tied his activity to the prayers of mankind. Matter of fact, I think as a church, um, we, we are limited to our human efforts because we, we rarely pray. As, mean, as Christians, we rarely pray. We, you know, we pray a prayer before a meal, but we rarely pray the way I think we're intended to pray. And what we see is God has somehow tied his activity to the prayers of mankind. And so we, we need to understand that there's things God will do that he would not have done the way they're done if we had not prayed. And there's things that will not be done if we do not pray. We don't know what would have happened with the rain had Elijah not prayed. But specifically, Scripture is inspired by the, the Holy Spirit for, the, for James to, to include in here that, that um, God responded to the prayer of a person. And so there's things that will happen and won't happen based on if we pray or don't pray. That's the first thing. The second thing here is this is a direct command to pray for healing. And um, we know the story of Christianity Jesus is coming in his ministry and then the ongoing mission of the church is that one of the things that's always been tied to, to New Testament Christianity is miraculous healing. Jesus went around doing what? He, he healed the sick and he preached about the kingdom. That's pretty much the entire description of Jesus' ministry. He healed sick people, sick people and, and demon-possessed people, and he preached about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Matter of fact, it appears from scripture the only message Jesus ever really preached is with the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, look in your Bible, in your New Testament, and look what Jesus preached. He, that's all he preached about. The kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying the kingdom of God, meaning the power and authority and the reign of God, is at hand. That this world um, obviously was created by God and was meant to be lived in with God and man, living in harmony. But mankind chose to, to reject God's ways and choose the enemy's ways in the form of a serpent when he basically lied to mankind, Adam and Eve, about, well, oh, did God really say that? Oh, God doesn't want your best. God doesn't want you to be like him and have knowledge. And so mankind chose to listen to the enemy, reject God's way and choose the enemy's way. And I'm not sure they exactly understood they were doing that, but they did that. And the curse of sin came into the world. And because of sin came into the world, death came into the world death and part of death is sickness the kingdom of God in the kingdom of God there is no sickness and death reigns in the kingdom of God without the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy but now death and death and sin are part of, of our world but Jesus preaches a different kingdom's coming his kingdom his rule his authority his reign and that's all Jesus preached matter of fact in the Lord's prayer he preached he said this pray thy, thy kingdom thy will be done thy kingdom come thy will be done he's saying 
pray for the kingdom to come. And so pray for the authority of the kingdom to come. So the reality is when we become believers, we enter in the kingdom of God. And when we become part of the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of the kingdom of God becomes our rule and reign. And so that curse, what Jesus did when he died and he rose from the dead, is he broke the curse of death. That's what he's doing. He died. If you sin, you'll die. He didn't sin, but he took on our sin and he died. But he didn't stay dead, did he? He rose. And what he did is he broke the curse of sin and death over mankind. That's why scripture can say, oh, death, where is your sting? The saying there's no sting anymore in death because, number one, we'll live eternally with Christ. But also the curse has been broken of death. Now, I don't understand how that works out because I can tell story after story where the curse has been broken and it's so apparent because somebody who was sick was miraculously healed. I've told you the story before, but there's a couple ones directly in our family of, of miraculous documentable healing. And the one that, that doesn't make, the one that makes the least amount of sense to me and why God would do it was when God healed Brett's broken arm. And some of you know the story, some of you don't. When our son Brett, who's now 22, was six, we were getting ready to move from Michigan to Wisconsin. We had planted and pastor a church there. We are coming down to, to, to shut down a failed church plant and restart a different church. And in the process of moving, um, Brett fell off a couch and broke his humerus bone. Now the humerus bone, I didn't know anything about this back then, but the humerus bone's up here. And especially for a child, I don't know for everybody, but for a child, you can't cast a broken humerus bone because there's growth plates in there. And so you can't cast it. And so what they have to do is they do surgery and they put plates in it and put screws in it. And so on a Friday night, I was actually on my way. I was supposed to be doing a wedding rehearsal uh, in, a, in a town two hours away. And Brent has a broken arm, so we have to take him to the doctor. We take him to the emergency room and he had two elbows. An elbow here and an elbow here. His arm was bent and bent. And we took him in, the x-ray, and like, oh, yeah, it's broken. And the x-rays, no, no lie, I saw the x-rays, like, here's his humerus bone. It snapped in half like this. And so we said, what are you going to do? And they said, well, we can't cast him. It's humerus bone. He needs surgery. But the, the orthopedic surgeon happens to be in the hospital right now doing surgery. We'll take the x-rays to him and ask him what to do. They go they go on the ER. They go to the hospital. They find a doctor. The doctor says he needs surgery Monday morning. Put a splint on it and bring him back Monday morning. So they put Brett, they straightened his arm out, they put him in a hard splint and they wrapped it. Well, he's six years old. We had a wedding to go to, you know, and stuff. So he's supposed to, they told us, sit for 72 hours a hand above his head. You think in any way on God's green earth, anybody can make a six-year-old kid sit for 72 hours with their hands above their head? He used it as a club. Josh is three years older than Brett. Brett now had a weapon hard cast and he did he's whacking his brother with it we're like stop it you gotta have surgery he literally to this day he'll tell you right he used it as a weapon punching his brother hitting his brother he thought it was great and so so we come in Monday morning and the doctor says they're gonna do surgery and the doctor says is there any reason I need to x-ray the arm before we do it and I'm like well he was hitting his brother with it he actually had climbed a big hill and fell down a hill um, we were hiking outside and um, I said so we fell down a hill he hit his brother with it like you should probably x-ray it before you do surgery. So they x-ray it. We're waiting and waiting in the doctor's office. The doctor walks in to the, into the room with us. And he has a pile of x-rays. And there's a light box on the wall. And he puts an x-ray up in the light box. And he pulls it down. And he puts another one up in the light box. And he pulls it down. And the fourth one he puts up there. He says, Mr. Larson, come here. He says, you see this line right here? And I remember it like it was yesterday. You see this line right here? I said, yeah. That's where your son's arm was broken. You see this spot over here, this, this area? 
that's where the blood was pooled from his broken arm. I'm like, yeah. He goes, his arm's not broken. And I said, well, his arm is obviously broken. You saw it on Friday. It was broken. It's got to be broken. He says, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what kind of joke is being played, but this kid's arm's not broken. And he gets mad at the nurse was there. He didn't know the nurse. We knew really well. The nurse, her husband was the head of Youth for Christ in our town. So I knew her husband really well. I knew her. And um, so she's in the room, and he, he's, he's getting mad. The doctor's getting mad. I'm like, well, how can this be? You know? And at the time, I'm not even thinking about healing really. I'm like, you told me his arm's broken. His arm's like, what's going on? He goes, put a cast on that kid's arm and get him out of here. And I go, well, well, if his arm's not broken, why are you putting a cast on it? And he says, I said, put a cast on his arm and get him out of here. So they put a cast on Brett's arm, and we leave. As soon as we leave, the nurse calls. She goes, Mark, I want to tell you what happened. She goes, first of all, you know, we know what happened. God healed his arm. She says, but the doctor, when you left, the doctor said, what's going on here? Who's playing a joke on me? That's not the same kid I saw on Friday. What's going on? And she goes, well, I don't know, but it is the same kid. But I know his parents are Christians. And I know they prayed for healing. And you know how the prayer for healing went? There's so much faith I had for God. For God. I never even thought about Brett's arm being healed. Never even crossed my mind. We were doing the wedding rehearsal. And a college kid, I was marrying a young couple, and they had a bunch of friends. And it was part of, we were very involved in the college. I used to speak at the college ministry up there at the, at the campus. And, and one of the kids from the college ministry, I couldn't tell you his name. Back then, I probably didn't know his name. I'd recognize his face. He walked up to me at the rehearsal, or at the dinner after the rehearsal. And he said, I think God wants me to pray for your son's broken arm. Can I pray for his arm? And I said, I don't care. Go pray for his arm. I really didn't. I'm like, I don't care. Go pray for his arm. You know, I'm busy. I don't, I, so he did. He went and prayed for Brett's arm. We were in the basement of a church. I remember it was brown paneling. I could never forget. But who chose brown paneling? This little low-ceiling basement that we were in of this church. And I'm thinking, it, looked, it was like a, like a little closed-in box. And the kid went and prayed for, for Brett. Never thought anything of it. One day we go to the doctor and his arm's healed. We took Brett to a different doctor. We were in the process of moving. So we moved to Wisconsin, took him to a doctor and said, uh, will you take this cast off his arm? He said, well, why is it cast? I said, well, he's got broken humerus bone. He said, well, you don't, broke, you don't cast broken humerus bones. He said, we know. Would you just x-ray his arm and take the cast off his arm? That guy x-rays his arm and he goes, his arm's not broken and cuts the cast off. Because the doctor, that doctor wouldn't do it. And interestingly, we contacted the, church, the hospital. I said, would you please give me, I want the x-rays of his broken arm. Oh, we lost his x-rays. I said, you didn't lose his x-rays. You can't explain the fact that his arm was broken today and his arm wasn't broken the next day. Now, here's the deal. I don't know how come God did that. Because it, I've prayed for people dying of cancer and they've died. I don't know why. All I can think of is maybe two things. Number one, God wanted to show us again that he does miraculous things and heals people. The other thing I think is it had to do with the doctor. I think God was trying to say to the doctor, you know that kid's arm was broken three days ago. You're the one who looked at it. You have the x-rays in your hand and now you have the x-rays in his arms now broken. And your nurse, who's a Christian, is telling you, well, he's a Christian and he prays for his son he prays for me. I think it might have had to do with the doctor. Because that's what healing is about. When the kingdom comes, the reason Jesus would heal, when the kingdom would come, it was a, a, re, a demonstration of the reality of the kingdom's authority and power in this world. 
Now we know someday his kingdom's going to come. Every knee's going to bow, every tongue's going to confess that someday God's going to wrap this whole thing up. Sin and death will be dealt with completely. The devil will be thrown into the lake of fire for eternal and eternally, and it'll be over, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and an eternal reign. And in that eternal reign, there will be health and wholeness. A number of years ago, when I was praying for people, I really felt the Lord told me to say something tied to this or pray a certain way, at least for me to think of it a certain way. And this idea like this, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer prayer for the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what we're praying for. And I really felt the Lord say, Mark, when you pray, I want you to pray that I will impose the reality of the kingdom on earth now. And so here's what I know about the reality of the kingdom. The reality of the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, everything is perfect. Everybody's whole and healed. Um, Because that's what it is. It's the restoration of all things. That's what's going to happen in the kingdom. The restoration of all things. That we will become what we were meant to be. It says, the, the, one of the scriptures we read yesterday talks about how we're going to put on a new body. And our old body's groaning because of sin, but our new body's going to be going to be perfect and holy and healthy, made of spiritual stuff, whatever that is. It'll be spiritual. But we'll have a body. So we're going to be in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, there's this authority. There's this perfectness because it's God's rule and reign. The way it was meant to be. That's why it's the restoration of all things. It's what was supposed to be with mankind in the garden. But now, there's this little disapprentice in time which sin rules and reigns. But Jesus came, broke the curse, said my kingdom is being established. And now person by person by person as we come to Christ, the kingdom of God is established in my life. And so when I pray now as a believer understanding the reality of the kingdom when I pray now I'm praying this way thy kingdom come thy will be done now some people pray that meaning thinking this well just God whatever you want to do I don't think that's what it means see because I understand in the kingdom where we're heading the the complete fulfillment of the kingdom where we're heading there will be no more sickness no more pain no more sorrow Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes the curse of sin is broken the the curse of death is broken it's wholeness and complete so that's the kingdom and Jesus said pray this way pray Um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, it's going to be perfect and whole. So I don't have to question if God desires for my healing or your healing. I don't have to question it at all. Because in heaven, it's going to be 100% always. No one's going to heaven and going to limp around you know, Jesus, they, they poke those holes in his hands and they, in his feet and they stab him in the side and they see a resurrected Jesus and he's whole and complete. He wasn't beaten and bloody and, and he still had holes to be able to show, look at I'm him, but he's completely whole and healthy. And that's a, Jesus is the first of the resurrection. That's what he says. And we will be like him. We will follow after him. And he's the first fruits of the resurrection. So we'll be resurrected. So in the new heavens and the new earth, for eternity, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is that in thy kingdom in heaven, everything's healthy and whole and complete. But this side, we're living in this world with all sin's corruption because not everybody is a believer and the devil's not yet been cast down in the lake of fire. So he still he has a rule and reign. But when we're in the kingdom, we have a, God's rule and reign in our lives. And so a, a guy, we just heard a guy this weekend at council, and I love the way your former youth pastor, he was our speaker at district council, and what I love what he said, 
because when he said this, he said he actually went to George Wood and asked him, am I preaching heresy? Because he was basically describing exactly about healing what I just described, about the kingdom of God, praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He said he went to the head of the former superintendent of Assemblies of God. He said, am I, am I preaching heresy when I say this? Is God's will for us to be perfect? That it, it's always his will to heal us? And George Wood said, no, it's not. So guess what's funny? I said, these guys said... When I, was started, when I felt the Lord wanted me to start praying that way years ago, I actually asked Bruce Coates when he was a staff pastor here. I said, Bruce, is it heretical for me to say this? Am I, you think I'm off base a little bit? He's like, no, I think you're right. So I, so I whispered, I said, hey, I had the same conversation with, one, with Bruce because Bruce is a really smart guy and I wanted to make sure I wasn't here and off base. So here's the deal. What, what, what um, this other guy added to it is he said, so here's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Perfect. God's 100% plan is to heal you. He's in heaven, you're going to be healed. But here we living on earth. Corruption still somehow exists. And I loved what he said when he did this. He said, so the line in the middle is between this world and heaven. And he said, a miracle is when heaven invades our time space. We know it's always going to happen, so with regret, the miracle was when heaven invaded our time space. So we know this. If Brett's arm wouldn't have been healed, let's say it somehow stayed broken his whole life. When he died and went to heaven, when he died and entered eternity, would his arm still be broken? No, we know he'd be perfect and healthy and whole because he'd be in heaven with the Lord. And so the will of God was to have a healthy arm. But when heaven invaded our time today, when thy kingdom come, thy will be done, imposing the will of heaven into our reality today, that's a miracle. And so I can't explain how come sometimes it comes on this side and sometimes it is in eternity. I don't know. But I do know this. James says, pray. And somehow there's something tied to prayer and the miracle coming from heaven to earth. That's what the Lord's Prayer teaches. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Done. And here's what I know. So the kingdom of God's authority is coming. And I can't explain why when it does this. But I do know this. I asked, you guys know who Jack Hayford is? I asked Jack Hayford. I had the privilege of being spending two weeks with him. And uh, eating in his house and spending time with him. And I asked him, how do you, how do you pray for the sick? He says this. He went like this. Like it was a, a club. Kind of saying the same thing. He said, the kingdom of God's at hand. So he's saying the same thing. The kingdom of God is at hand. We're here. It's right here. And we know this, that the, that the kingdom, that the healing, according to scripture, is an activity of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, Ephesians, or uh, 1 Corinthians 12, talks about that it is actually a gift of the Spirit. So look, there's a gift of the Holy Spirit is healing. So in, in, in Rob's thought, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit is coming across. Jack Hayford said this. He goes, I think of it like this. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to plug in to the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is at hand. So I just want to plug into the kingdom. So he said, I always say this. I'm just praying. I'm saying, you know, God, I just want to plug into your kingdom. It's right here. It's at hand. The kingdom come. And he said, so I'm just saying, God, you're right here. And I know you're completely capable of doing it. And your end result is we're all going to end up there whole and healthy in the end anyways. So if you want to cross the line right now, I'm asking you, I'd really like to see you cross the line. But I ultimately know it's your will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I, I know this. I don't always understand why it doesn't cross. 
but I know he's a good, good father and he loves me and he wants to bring wholeness into our lives. And so what do we do? James says, we pray. I'm going to invite you to come forward. We're going to do what James says. We're just going to obey by faith. It says, come, anyone among you, then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. Now he ties something else to this here, and I think it's really important. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. I'll tell you one more short story before we get to prayer. There's a lady from a church we planted and pastored in Michigan. Her name is Barb. Great lady. Uh, part of our church, Christian lady, no doubt about it. Love the Lord, trying to raise her kids for Jesus. A number of years earlier, she'd been in the church, um, her and her husband. And I'm not exactly sure what happened because it was before I was ever around. They were in a different church before we played in the church we were at. Something happened between the two of them and she divorced him. And she left. And um, I, knew, I knew they were divorced. I knew both of them, actually. But they were divorced. And, um, you know, they're kind of some relationship because they're still raising their kids. And, and Barb was an RN, still is. And, um, matter of fact, I just wished her a happy birthday on Facebook this week. And she just sent me a Facebook message back yesterday. She so she's still doing it. And Barb, for no reason, and I would say she's at time 35, 30, 35. So she wasn't old. For no reason at all, she got sick. I mean, like going to die sick. She's an RN, so she's a nurse, she's not dumb, she's not medical. And she ends up in the hospital in Ishpeming, Michigan. And she's sick. Like, they can't figure it out. They're like, get your things in order. Blood infections, things going on. Have no, there's, there's no explanation for it. But she's literally dying. Get your things in order, you're dying. So they tell her. They can't, they can't figure out what's going on, they can't fix her. She's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And she calls and she says, Pastor, would you come and pray for me? And I said, yeah. Because I'm going to get ready to pray for, go and pray for her. The Spirit of the Lord speaks to me. He said, do not pray for her. She's in rebellion. And that's why she's sick. Well, here's the deal. I don't know about you, but when I hear God, it's not like John walking up to me and saying, hey, Mark, um, you know, the Brewers won yesterday. It's just kind of this idea, this thought. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't God. No, that was just a thought that came in my mind. That wasn't God. But I'm like, this came out of the blue. Don't pray for her. She's in rebellion, and that's why she's sick. I'm like, what do I do? I go to the hospital. I look at her dying in a bed, and I said, Barb, I can't pray for you. God told me you're sick because you're in rebellion. I have no idea what it meant. She said, you're right. So what do you mean? She said, I divorced my husband for no good reason at all. And for years, the Lord has told me I'm supposed to reconcile with my husband. And I've been in rebellion. I'm supposed to do it. He wanted to always do it. I'm supposed to reconcile with my husband. And it was in 10 years they had been divorced. And God has been telling me to do it. I refuse to listen to God. So I just prayed some kind of generic prayer. So I'm like, what do, you, what do you do in this situation? Well, God just helped Barb to do what she's supposed to do. 
within like, I forget, six months or a year later, I got to do their wedding. The second she said that, she got instantly better. She left the hospital like the next day or two days later. They're like, we have absolutely no idea what's going on here, but you're completely well. She's like, and she's a very bold thing. She says, oh yeah, because I was in rebellion. I was rejecting God. <laughs> like, yeah, the doctors don't listen to that. And she's fine. So about, with, I forget exactly how long later, I got to perform their wedding ceremony to remarry them. Now here's the, here's the point that I'm pointing out about what, what he says in the text here. There are times when there's something going on in your life. Now, I'm not trying to say that all sickness is tied to rebellion. I'm not saying that. Nor am I saying all sickness is somehow like a demonic thing. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. James is pointing out, and my experience has proven, that you can have something in your life and you know what it is. When I said to Barb, you're in rebellion, the Lord told me it didn't take her a half a second might be something going on in your life and God's using he's allowing an illness into your life to get your attention I'm a little uncomfortable saying that but the scripture says that my experience has proven it out and so my point is this if you're going to come for prayer today and there's something very real that you know you're in rebellion about it says confess it to someone you can confess it to me when we're praying you can confess it to somebody in the scene before you do it but it says confess it your sins to one another. It doesn't say, it doesn't say confess to God. There's a reason. I think there's something powerful about saying something to somebody else. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another.